Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make Him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. It's really good to be with you again. It's like being with family. You feel like family to me. It's nice of you to be officially in the same family. That's, that's kind of nice. Although, really, we were in the same family all along. So I'd like to begin in Matthew chapter 3. Verse 11, this is John the Baptist speaking. Matthew chapter 3, verse, beginning at verse 11. It's nice to see some people still use print Bibles. Yeah. I can't use the print Bible anymore because I can't see the print. <laughs> sort of like, God, what are you doing? I loved my print Bibles. But now I can't see the print, so I have to have the Bible on my phone because I can make the print big enough to actually see it. One day you too will have this problem if God is good. So anyway, Matthew 3, beginning verse 11, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water so that you will change the way you think and act. But the one who comes after me is more powerful than I. I'm not worthy to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clean up his threshing floor. And he will gather his wheat into a barn, but he will burn the house in a fire that can never be put out. I want to talk to you about being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. We're talking about fire tonight. Now, John the Baptist was the designated forerunner of Jesus. In fact, Jesus said he was the greatest of all the prophets. It was under John the Baptist's ministry that the Spirit was imparted to the incarnated Son of God. You know, the Spirit came on Jesus when John baptized him in the River Jordan. But when John the Baptist chose to speak about what Jesus was going to do, like there's a lot of things he left out. (laughs) Did you notice all the things he left out? Like he didn't say anything about healing. He'll heal you. Didn't say anything about raising from that. Didn't mention that. Didn't mention the cross or the resurrection. Like maybe he didn't know. Maybe that, that, that's kind of the best you can think. Maybe he didn't see that part. But what he did see was this. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It's very interesting that he point that out. That's, that's important to him. That his people would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
it's an incredible gift that we're to have in our relationship with God. But it's, it's not some small, uncontrollable, you know, nice, it's not some small, controllable gift that he gives. Now we're to be baptized, he says, in this spirit. That means to be overwhelmed. That means to be inundated. That means to be covered. That means to be dunked. To like be entirely wet, if you've ever been physically baptized. I know in some traditions they give you a few sprinkles, but not in mine. We dunk them and push them under. And... uh, You know, it's kind of that image that he's using, you know, that we're to be overwhelmed by the Spirit. We will not control him, but he will control us. Got that? We will not control him. He will control us. You know, we just finished saying, Jesus is Lord. But, of course, always the question is, but is he truly Lord of me? There are many layers to that question I have found. He's like peeling away the onion and every time we go a little bit deeper, it's the same question again. Is Jesus going to be Lord of me now? See, he will not, he will control us. And it is he, the Holy Spirit, who will carry us into the good works prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Did you know that? Before you were born, before the foundation of the world, God prepared works for you to do in the power of the Spirit. They're all there waiting for you. But you can't get there by yourself. No, the Spirit must carry you there. You know, some people want the Holy Spirit to stay in the background and keep quiet. Like stay in the creed and leave us alone. But that is not the plan. That's not the plan. Some people want just a little taste of the Spirit. Oh, well, I'm open to the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. I just don't want to be extreme. They want a taste. But you know what? That's not the plan. That's not, it. That's not the plan. That's not being baptized in the Spirit. That's not the plan. Some people want the Holy Spirit's work to come only quietly and peacefully. Well, that's not the plan either. Not when he sticks and fire on the end of it. <laughs> to be baptized in the Spirit is to become his tool used for his purposes and his timing and in his way and his style and with his results. I got to tell you, I'm about to turn 71. When I was 18, I made Jesus Lord. Now, I grew up Pentecostal, so I'd given my life to Jesus several hundred times before that. And some of you, I can tell that you grew up Pentecostal too because you're the ones that are laughing. And all the Reformed people are going, huh? What? Yes, well, that's another story. But 
when you know when you grow up in the church, and a lot of you in the front here, you've grown up in the church. There comes a point where you have to decide for yourself: Am I going to really do this? And that's what happened for me. I said, "Yep, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, and I'm going to turn my life over to Jesus." And I said to Jesus, "Look, if I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing this thing, let's stop doing it halfway." So I said, from now on, you and I have an agreement. What happens in my life is what you want, not what I want, even when I'm asking for something else. And he has been very faithful to keep his end of the deal. And I have to say, I've done some complaining along the way. You know, I haven't always been happy when he was sort of like, he did it his way and not my way, at least not at first. But it always worked out in the end. And from that day forward, it has been the wildest ride I can imagine. You know, about 10 years ago, somebody said, you know, have you achieved your dreams for your life? And I laughed. And I said, we passed those up so long ago, I can't even remember what they were. Like, I've, I've ended up on this incredible adventure. You know, God, and the scripture says this, God has prepared for you things that you never imagined. And he's not talking about the afterlife. He's talking about this life. He's talking about now, this life, the here and now life. He has prepared things for you that you never imagined. And I could talk here for weeks. I mean, Brock and I got going this afternoon just telling stories about the things we've seen and heard. And okay, we've hardly begun. So to become involved with the Spirit is to be picked up and carried along on the wildest ride you've been on. How many of you like roller coasters? Yeah, not as many as I thought. What's wrong with you younger people? Yeah? Well, this is like the wildest roller coaster you've ever been. But the interesting thing here is he uses this word fire. And you know, sometimes, very often in fact, when the spirit comes on people, people describe it, they experience it physically as a warmth or a feeling of heat or fire or electricity. In fact, one of the things I often have to tell people, a lot of times when people are waiting for the spirit, okay, I wanna be filled with the spirit, they're waiting for an emotion but the emotion never comes because that's not how it starts. It actually starts physical. He comes in a physical way most of the time and very often with heat, like fire. So Jesus said, John said that Jesus would baptize us with the spirit and fire. Now, if you're Jewish, you grew up Jewish, the concept of fire is not entirely negative at all. Fire can be negative, but sometimes fire is beneficial. The first time we run into fire, I think, in, in, the, in the Bible is when the Lord's presence appears to Abraham when he's making the covenant with Abraham that he will make his descendants like the stars in the sky and sand in the sea, and they're making a covenant, and it says the Lord appeared to him as a burning fire pot and a flaming torch. 
fire. So the fire speaks of his presence, first and foremost. Speaks of his, the presence of God. So when the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of us and he sends his fire, we sense his presence in a whole different way. The next place that we see fire is when Moses is called by God at the burning bush. He shows up in fire again, the bush that never burns up. And fire speaks of calling. When he calls us, he sets us on fire and he makes it like a fire in our hearts that won't go out. And it's sort of like, it just burns. And I've talked to a lot of people when they get called by God, they receive a call from God, actually inside, they feel burning that never stops. That never stops. Some of you don't have it, but it's common. The fire that never stops. Some of you know what I mean. And then, the next to stop, when the people of Israel are making their escape from Egypt, from slavery in Egypt, and they're caught between the armies of Egypt and the sea in front of them, the pillar of fire leads them through to freedom. And so fire speaks not just of God's presence and his calling, it speaks of freedom. It's a sign of freedom. Hang on to that, freedom. So he will baptize us with the spirit and with fire. Now it goes on, it says, Jesus will sort out the good from the bad, like wheat from the chaff. And the chaffy burns up and keeps the good part. And of course, you can, it's clear that it's, it's, it, there's a double meaning here. It's about, it's about the end of time, but it's also about our hearts. When the Spirit comes in fire, He sorts, He sorts out the good from the bad. And he burns up what is not good. And fire then speaks of cleansing and healing and freedom once again. This winnowing, this fire that burns up the bad parts. Who, who doesn't want to get rid of all the bad stuff? Right? That's healing. That's cleansing. That's wonderful. So he brings fire. And what is so important to understand is that when the Spirit comes, He is so eager, so passionate, so intent to burn away and heal all that hurts us and holds us back. If you could only see how much he wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to be free. 
He wants you to know his glory and his presence. He wants to lead you on this journey of living a life that's beyond human explanation. That's what's on offer. But most of all, he wants you to be free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there will be freedom. I've seen him like, you know, dangle healing in front of people to get them up front so we could pray for them. And they get up front and then like, eh, we're not doing the healing. We're going to set them free instead. Because like, he's more interested in the freedom. It seems like that's a higher priority. He wants you to be free. And maybe we'll get to the healing. What gets left over, we take care of in the resurrection. But he wants you to be free now. So when the spirit starts to move, there's likely to be fire. Some of you are praying, oh God, please move on our church. Oh God, please, please come and do a new awakening. Well, you have to understand what you're asking for. Because the first thing that happens is the fire comes. A lot of times that starts with conviction. The conviction of all the ways that we have failed to love God and love our brothers and sisters. When the Spirit came on my church for the first time, we're like, we were like, we called ourselves charismatic, but we had no idea how most of it worked. We did believe in speaking in tongues. We got that part. We did believe in inspirational prophecy. We got that part. But nobody ever fell down or did anything weird in our church. People used to ask me, what do you think about those people that get slain in the spirit? I said, oh, I think it's all fake. Which is what I thought until it happened to me. That was who we were. Well, when the spirit came in power, half our church fell on the floor in one 15-minute period. Like, like a bomb went off. And uh, it was not calm and orderly. Like it was really, it was disorderly in some ways. It was like people crying and shaking. And some of the people got under, they got wedged under their chairs. I don't know how they did that. They somehow got wedged under their chairs. They're under their chairs, trapped under there, shaking and crying and screaming. I don't know. I don't, it's sort of like, well, nothing was ever the same again church started filling up from the front to the back after that but most importantly is very soon people started confessing their sins to one another as the spirit began to come and pour out on us and we felt his presence so strong people started confessing their sins he started like telling us all the things that we even didn't realize were sins mostly it wasn't like about all the things we already knew we wrestled with. It was about all the stuff we were ignoring. The stuff we were overlooking. You know, the barriers between us. The old, I had to write, this is before the days of email, so I had to write a bunch of letters to people who'd left the church that we had broken relationships with to apologize for my part in the whole deal. And stuff like that. We went through that process. That was part of that cleansing fire process. There's a, there's a cleansing that happens. And it sounds a little bit negative when I say it, but you have to understand it was the most glorious time. 
because we sensed the presence of his mercy so strongly. It was like floating in a sea of grace. It was sweet, sweet, sweet. So sweet. I, you know, I, 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 that's what I pray for now. Oh God, can we do that again? You can't make it up. If you do it just out of yourself, like I think we're going to make everybody do it, then it's just legalism and it doesn't work. Like you got to have the sea of mercy or it doesn't work. <laughs> because it's God's kindness that leads us to true repentance. You see, so there's that part. When the spirit comes with fire, people will be healed and the power of the hurts will be broken. Most importantly, the power of the devil's lies will be exposed and broken. Most of the time, people are held in bondage by the lies that they believe about themselves, about God, about other people. We believe lies. And when we believe the lies, we give power to the forces of darkness and they gain control over our minds sometimes over our bodies. It's a war. But when the Spirit comes, he exposes those lies. And it breaks their power. When I experienced the Holy Spirit, of course, the first time I was in the Pentecostal church when I spoke in tongues, I was 11. I was a late bloomer there. Most of my friends spoken tongues when they were like eight or nine. It was a thing. But what really changed me was one day in an empty warehouse, nobody was there, with about 3,000 chairs in the room, and the power of God came on me, and for about three and a half hours, fire went through my body in wave after wave after wave after wave. It would just come, and then it would die down a little bit, and then there'd be another wave, and it'd move up and down my body, like running a rod of fire up and down like this. It was like an elephant was standing on top of me. I could hardly breathe. At one point, I heard screaming, and I was sort of like, I'm thinking, who's screaming? And then I realized... It was me. Like, I'm, that's me. I was so under it. Like, you didn't realize entirely what I was doing. And I remember thinking at one point, you know, each time it seemed to get a little stronger than the time before, wave after wave. And I thought, if this gets very much stronger, I'm going to die. I'm going to die right here. Like, I, I, I just thought, don't, don't, bump the, not, don't, don't bump the needle right now, God, because, you know, I'm getting pretty close to the end here. I could die right here. And I just imagined the newspaper, pastor dies from too much prayer. But you know what? Something did die that day. What died was my fear of what people would think. And he took three and a half hours to burn it out and would not let me go until it was gone. He hated it so much because it held me in bondage. 
and held me back. And he was not letting me go till I was free. That's what fire does. That's what the spirit does. Nothing's been the same since then. Nothing's been the same. I remember one day I got invited to a fundamentalist church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This church is one of the larger churches and a church called the Greater Association of Regular Baptists, otherwise known as the GARB. Anybody know about the GARB? The emphasis there is on regular Baptists. They are about as fundamentalist conservative as they come. They're, they're pretty sure Billy Graham was a liberal. Just to kind of give you a sense of perspective. Not known for their openness to the Holy Spirit at all. However, they had a professor at their university, a professor of missions, who had gone to the, made the mistake of going to the mission field. And when he was on the mission field, he ran into the need to cast demons out of people. Well, he found out that you can't cast out demons very effectively by yourself, that you need the Holy Spirit. So long story short, I ended up being connected with this guy, and he got me connected with the church, and they asked me to come and spend the day talking to them about healing ministry. So I thought, like, now these people are from far away. I'm just, I'm going to... I'm just going to try to explain this. It's just prayer. It's not scary at all. It's just prayer. And I'm just an ordinary guy, and I'm not going to be, you know, your televangelist guy that's trying to do weird things. It's, it's just prayer, and it's just praying for people to be healed, and it's not that complicated, and it's not that weird. So that was my plan for the day. But they didn't want to meet at the church because they didn't want anybody to see them meeting with me. So we met in a hotel on the opposite side of town, in a hotel meeting room, and we were sitting around the table. So we get there, and there's about a dozen people. They're all on staff at this church, sitting around this table. And I, said, I started telling them a little bit of my story. I just wanted them to know, like, you know, I'm actually a low-key guy, which is partly true. Until the Holy Spirit comes along. Then, well, it's a different story, but that's his fault. Anyway... I just barely gotten started, and one of the assistant pastors interrupts me. He says, I can't wait, I can't wait, I have a question I have to ask right now. And I felt like the Lord said, go with me, this is me. Come with, go with me. I says, okay, what's your question? Well, I just got to know, can God speak through dreams? And I said, well, sure, it's like all over the Bible. Like, it's in the Christmas story. <laughs> like, it actually says... In black and white, in the Bible, I, the Lord, speak to most of the prophets through dreams and visions. Like, it says that in black and white. Like, it's all over the place. Yeah, God speaks through dreams. And he says, well, I have a dream that I keep having over and over again, and I want to know what it means. And I thought, oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> now, you have to understand, most of the time, people tell me their dreams, and it's sort of like, yeah, that's a dream, all right. I don't normally have any kind of interpretation with dreams, so don't come up with all your dreams because I'm not going to be able to help you unless God does something unusual. Anyway, this moment, God said, just go with me. I got you. Because like, I was by myself. Nobody's with me. Just like, hear him out. I am in this. 
okay, this is not my plan for the day, but here we go. So tell me your dream. So he tells me his dream. And it just seems so obvious to me what the dream means. Because there's this, you know, he's preaching and he looks down and he doesn't have his trousers on, his pants. Like he's in his underwear, preaching. And his father's voice comes from the sky and says, you know, you're not prepared, you know, and rebukes him. And I just said, you know, it seems to me that this dream is all about how your father, your earthly father, your biological father, does not accept your call as being from God. And he doesn't think you're good enough to be a pastor. And the guy put his head down on the table and started sobbing. Sobbing. Shaking sobbing. Like wailing sobbing. And I'm thinking, uh, I've been here five minutes, and I got one of the staff people sobbing, and I was going to say, but it's just prayer, and it's not dramatic. <laughs> and then he's falling on the floor, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, that's not good. He's on the floor. And then he curls up in a fetal position, and I think, oh, that's not, that's not a good direction. <laughs> he's in a fetal position. And then he started growling. And so I'm like, oh no, he's got a demon. I'm going to have to cast a demon out of this guy. I haven't even gotten to the 10 minute mark. So, well, we cast that demon out. By the time I got done, I looked up, there was nobody sitting. They were standing around us in a semicircle, tears streaming down there faces and they said we always knew something was wrong <laughs> and they said that was the most beautiful thing we've ever seen I says yeah somebody coming into freedom and I say that to help you understand that's how eager the Holy Spirit is for people to be free like he just didn't just, just, just it's not going to wait like for you to do your talk like, this guy needs freedom. He needs freedom now. You know, and we're going to get it. So that's the way the Lord works. So we should not fear the Spirit's fire. When the fire comes, it's, it's, it's our friend. It's freedom. It's healing. It's cleansing. Yeah, it's uncontrollable, but it's in the hands of a good person. It's not in your hands, but it's in the hands of the only person you'd want. Why fear being empowered to live a life that's beyond human explanation? There is really nothing to fear and everything to gain. So tonight I want to encourage you to open your heart to everything he has for you. Not part of it, but everything. You up for that? So let's see what he's got prepared for us. Let's stand.